Holy Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, for giving us the privilege to be among the living today. Glory be unto your name, O Lord. Dear Father, we come to you once again that you may fashion us in your likeness. We want to have your mind, to love what you love, to hate what you hate, to see things the way you see it. For that purpose, Lord, as we fellowship with you, Lord, we pray, grant us the grace that we shall be transformed into your image. Give to us the gift of your spirit which you have promised to all those that come to you and that ask. Lord, I pray that you put your words in my mouth. I have nothing to say of my own that will bless any of your children. But for the sake of your son Jesus that died on the cross for our sins, please, Lord, may this moment be consecrated to the blessing of your children. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, August 18, for everyone. Princes shall come out of Egypt. Ethiopia shall soon stretch out her hands unto God. Psalm chapter 68 verse 31. Throughout his ministry, Isaiah bore a plain testimony concerning God's purpose for the heathen. Other prophets had made mention of the divine plan, but their language was not always understood. To Isaiah, it was given to make very plain to Judah the truth that among the Israel of God were to be numbered many who were not descendants of Abraham after the flesh. This teaching was not in harmony with the theology of his age, yet he fearlessly proclaimed the messages given him of God and brought hope to many a longing heart reaching out after the spiritual blessings promised to the seed of Abraham. Often the Israelites seemed unable or unwilling to understand God's purpose for the heathen, yet it was this very purpose that had made them a separate people and had established them as an independent nation among the nations of the earth. Abraham, their father, to whom the covenant promise was first given, had been called to go forth from his kindred to the regions beyond that he might be a light bearer to the heathen. Although the promise to him included a posterity as numerous as the sand by the sea, yet it was for no selfish purpose that he was to become the founder of a great nation. I will bless thee, Jehovah declared, and make thy name great. In thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. No distinction on account of nationality, race, or caste is recognized by God. Christ came to demolish every wall of partition, to throw open every compartment of the temple courts 
that every soul may have free access to God. His love is so broad, so deep, so full that it penetrates everywhere. It lifts out of Satan's influence those who have been deluded by his deceptions and places them within reach of the throne of God. The throne encircled by the rainbow of promise. In Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek, bond nor free. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is For Everyone. And we have to look into the original purpose for which God called Israel. And as we look into it, we will also want to understand the purpose of the religion of Christianity in the first place. When God called Abraham in the book of Genesis 12, verse 1 to 3, he said, it says here, Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. From here, we realize that God called Abraham to be a blessing to every nation, not to be one who will destroy them. When he brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, he also told them the same thing of how they are to relate with people of other nationalities. He said in the book of Exodus chapter 23 verse 9, it says, Also thou shalt not oppress the stranger, for ye know the heart of a stranger, seeing ye were strangers in the land of Egypt. Exodus 22 verse 21 also says, Thou shalt neither vex a stranger nor oppress him, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. The purpose for which God called Abraham in the past is the same purpose for which he has separated for himself a people in these last days. It is to be a salt to the earth and a light to the world. Sadly, Many have lost sight of this fact and have become exclusive and narrow-minded, thinking that salvation is for their church alone. Jesus is the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world and for the sins of the whole world, not for the sin of some select few people or for the sins of Christians alone. Since the days of Adam, when he sinned in Eden, our promise was waiting to be fulfilled. God had said to our first parents that he would bring a seed of the woman who would bruise Satan's head. This promise was to the whole world and all are to benefit from it. God later chose Israel, that is the children of Jacob, as his chosen people through whom this Messiah would come and salvation would then spread to the whole world. Now. Israel had lost sight of this, just as many have done today. They had begun to see salvation as a right for only themselves and consequently in this, not, they were not on the same page with God. This was the message that God gave to Isaiah to correct and make it plain to Israel. And today, many of us need to understand this and the consequences of it. In Isaiah chapter 9 verse 2, it says, The people walking in darkness 
see a bright light. Light shines on those who live in a land of deep darkness. Who are these people being referred to? These were the non-Jews, the non-Israelites. And today, who is this referring to? I, who am speaking, am not an Israelite. Once upon a time, those who were not Israelites were living in darkness because the light is the word of God and they did not have it. And here in the book of Isaiah 9, God was given a promise in clear terms that the people who were walking in darkness would see a bright light and it would shine upon them. How? Isaiah 9 verse 6 and 7 says, For a child has been born to us, a son has been given, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Amen. And it says, furthermore, his dominion will be vast and he will bring immeasurable prosperity. He will rule on David's throne and over David's kingdom, establishing it and strengthening it by promoting justice and fairness. From this time forward and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of heaven's armies will accomplish this. As it was in Isaiah's day, so it is today. Almost every Christian denomination are now reminded and closed closed up in themselves with some kind of superiority complex as though they have some kind of access to God which others do not have. Many think that just by being a member of their denomination, that is what qualifies them to have a place in the kingdom of God. They will say things like, there is no salvation outside our church. You must be a member of our church for you to be saved. Regardless of faithfulness to God's commandments, they reject all who are not within their denomination. That is, to them, it doesn't matter whether you are keeping God's commandments or not. You just need to be a member of this church and then you are saved. And that's how the Israelites taught. You just need to be Israel, born of the children of Jacob, and then you have the promise given to you. But this is not true. And that's how Christians, some of them, are today. They feel and they will even make songs out of it. Oh, I'm so glad he made me to be of this denomination. As though being of that denomination is what brings them salvation. As though because their names are written in the church books, that is what will save them. They do evangelisms not to win people into the truth, but to win people into their church. They are content only to have people in their church and they do not care to see whether they are saved in the truth or not. To many, all that is required to be a partaker of the salvation promised by God is to be a part of this particular denomination. And for others, it is just to be merely in the Jesus club. Just say you believe in Jesus and that's all. Just mention the name of Jesus and you are saved. It is to such people that Jeremiah said in the book of Jeremiah 7, reading from verse 2, Stand in the gate of the Lord's temple and proclaim this message. Listen to the Lord's message, all you people of Judah who have passed through the gates to worship the Lord. The Lord of hosts, the God of Israel says, Change the way you have been living and do what is right. If you do, I will allow you to continue to live in this land. Stop putting your confidence in the false belief that says we are safe. The temple of the Lord is here. The temple of the Lord is here. The temple of the Lord is here. You must change the way you have been living and do what is right. You must treat one another fairly. 
Stop oppressing resident foreigners who live in your land, children who have lost their fathers, and women who have lost their husbands. Stop killing innocent people in this land. Stop paying allegiance to other gods that will only bring about your ruin. If you stop doing these things, I will allow you to continue to live in this land which I gave to your ancestors as a lasting possession. But just look at you. You are putting your confidence in a false belief that will not deliver you. You steal, you murder, you commit adultery, you lie when you swear on oath, you sacrifice to the god Baal, you pay allegiance to other gods whom you have not previously known. Then you come and stand in my presence in this temple I have claimed as my own and say, we are safe. You think you are so safe that you can go on doing all these hateful sins? Do you think this temple I have claimed as my own is to be a hideout for robbers? You had better take note. I have seen for myself what you have done, says the Lord. So, go to the place in Shiloh where I allowed myself to be worshipped in the early days. See what I did to it because of the wicked things my people Israel did. You also have done all these things, says the Lord, and I have spoken to you over and over again. But you have not listened. You have refused to respond when I called you to repent. So I will destroy this temple which I have claimed as my own. This temple that you are trusting to protect you. What is it for us today? This membership that you are trusting to protect you. I will destroy this place that I gave to you and your ancestors just like I destroyed Shiloh. And I will drive you out of my sight just like I drove out your relatives, the people of Israel, the Lord is talking to us today, all Christian denominations who have become so exclusive and think that it is because you have mentioned the name of Jesus that you are going to be saved or some who think that because they are a member of this particular denomination in a church, that is what saves them. Is that what God is looking at? You see, Jesus was sent for everyone. And God is a God of salvation, a redeemer for everyone, not for a select few just because of the name of the church you go to. He is for everybody. But who are those whom he will receive? It is not just because you call yourself a Christian. Neither is it because your membership, your name is in a particular church denomination. So many bigoted Christians are there who say there is no salvation outside the church. You are deceiving yourself. Because what God understands as church is not what you understand as church. What we just read now in Jeremiah 7 is what the Lord was trying to speak to the people of the past and he's saying it to us today. With such words as those we just read, Jeremiah sought to awaken the people to their lost condition and the fact that their ancestry and for us that our denomination will not save us. So also today the Lord wants us to stop trusting in denominations, thinking that because you, th you think that your church is God's church, then you will be saved. Some will call themselves the remnant. And just because we are the remnant, then we are saved. And then another church will say, oh, we are the oldest church that has ever been there. We are the apostolic church. Another one will call themselves church of God. Another one will call themselves, oh, we are the original church that Peter transferred the heritage to. And anybody who is a member of us, then we are saved. All are deceiving themselves. You are thinking that it is your church denomination that will save you. What was it that disqualified the people of Israel? It was their lifestyle. God may well say to the churches of today as it is written in Jeremiah 7 verse 8 to 11, Just look at you. 
you are putting your confidence in a false belief that will not deliver you you steal you murder you commit adultery you lie when you swear on oath you sacrifice to the god baal you pay allegiance to other gods whom you have not previously known then you come and stand in my presence in this temple i have claimed as my own and say we are safe you think you are so safe that you go on doing all those hateful sins do you think this temple i have claimed as my own is to be a hideout for robbers you had better take note i have seen for myself what you have done says the lord while involved in sins of the greatest magnitude israel were comforting themselves that they were god's people and they alone will be saved and so it is with many professed Christians today. They are just exactly like the world and dare to think that a mere membership status in a certain Christian denomination is what will save them regardless of their sinful lifestyle. So the question then comes, who are truly those who are God's people and those that will be saved? The book of Romans 9 verse 6 to 8 tells us, It is not as though the word of God has failed, for not all those who are descended from Israel are truly Israel nor are all the children of abraham's true descendants rather true isaac will your descendants be counted this means it is not the children of the flesh who are the children of god rather the children of promise or of spirit are counted as descendants what does this passage mean god's people today are those who keep his commandments and have the faith of jesus they are not known by any denominational name Jesus is for everybody and is not confined to a denomination. His church today are known as Israel after the Spirit. What does it mean to be Israel after the Spirit? It means to have that experience that Jacob had when he wrestled with the angel of God and be converted from the old way of sin to living in harmony with not some but all of God's commandments. When Peter went to meet Cornelius, Cornelius was no Israelite, he didn't belong to any denomination. But the Lord sent an angel to Cornelius, observing his life, and told him, send your servants to call Peter. And they went to call Peter. And Peter came to Cornelius' house to speak to Cornelius. And here was what Peter observed in the book of Acts chapter 10, verse 34 and 35. He said, then Peter opened his mouth and said, of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. Amen. It is for this reason that God has his own church membership records which is above in heaven. The book of Hebrews 12 verse 22 and 23 says, But you are come unto Mount Zion, and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn which are written in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect. Amen. Did you hear that? Hebrews 12 verse 23, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, not written in any of the books of the churches of this world. God recognizes his people, not merely by the denominational name, but by the practice of their life on this earth. You may claim that, oh, my church is God's church, and it may be, yes, that the doctrines held by your church is true. But you are no member of that church 
of God. You are not Israel because truly Israel is God's people. Just as it may be that yes, there are there are people who hold on to the right doctrines in paper. But if you are not living up to those things, just like the Israel, the children of of Jacob, the fact that they were Jacob's children did not qualify them to be in God's kingdom. What qualified everyone in the world is when we live up to the commandments of God and believe in Jesus. You cannot say I believe and yet you are going in uh, uh, going against his law. You must believe and it is that belief that gives you power to live in harmony with his law. Cornelius was accepted of the Lord not because he was a Jew but because he feared God. And that's what Peter confessed that with God there is no respecter of persons. God showed this desire by accepting into the congregation of Israel others who were not Israelites. Moses' in-law was a Midianite, yet he was given an inheritance in Canaan among the Israelites. In the book of Judges 1 verse 16, it says, Now the descendants of the Kenites, Moses' father-in-law, went up with the people of Judah from the city of date palm trees to Arad in the wilderness of Judah, located in Negev. They went and lived with the people of Judah. Why were these Midianites permitted to live with the Israelites? It is because they believed in God and were following his commandments. This was a whole nation called the Kenites that were among the Israelites. Also there was Rahab the Halot who was from the wicked city of Jericho and Ruth the Moabites who was from Moab. All these were accepted by God because they believed in the truth and kept the commandments of God. Truly there is no respecter of persons with God in every nation. Him that worketh righteousness is accepted and also him that worketh iniquity is rejected because church does not save anyone any more than being an Israelite was not the criteria for being a partaker of God's blessings. In what we read today, Conflict in Courage, page 236, paragraph 4 says, No distinction on account of nationality, race or caste is recognized by God. Christ came to demolish every wall of partition, to throw open every compartment of the temple courts, that every soul may have free access. Take note, every soul may have free access to God. His love is so broad, so deep, so full that it penetrates everywhere. It lifts out of Satan's influence those who have been deluded by his deceptions and places them within reach of the throne of God, the throne encircled by the rainbow of promise. In Christ there is neither Jew nor Greek, bond nor free." End of quote. And now as we come close to the end, the call is made to everyone. No one is to say, oh, I'm not a descendant of Jacob, therefore I am excused from following God's people. Remember, it is one law for Israel and for the stranger. All are to keep the commandments of God. The book of Isaiah 56 gives us a glimpse of what the Lord wants for everyone in these last days. Isaiah spoke, thus saith the Lord. Keep ye judgment and do justice, for my salvation is near to come, and my righteousness to be revealed. Blessed is the man that doeth this, and the son of man that layeth hold on it, that keepeth the Sabbath from polluting it, and keepeth his hand from doing any evil. Neither let the son of the stranger that had joined himself to the Lord speak, saying, The Lord has utterly separated me from his people. Neither let the eunuch say, Behold, I am a dry tree. 
For thus saith the Lord unto the eunuchs that keep my sabbaths, and choose the things that please me, and take hold of my covenant. Even unto them will I give in mine house and within my walls a place and a name better than of sons and of daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. Also the sons of the stranger that join themselves to the Lord to serve him, and to love the name of the Lord to be his servants, everyone that keepeth the Sabbath from polluting it, and taketh hold of my covenant, even them will I bring to my holy mountain, and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices shall be accepted upon mine altar, for mine house shall be called a house of prayer for all people. The Lord God which gathered the outcasts of Israel saith, Yet will I gather others to him, beside those that are gathered unto him. Amen. The Lord has an intention that salvation is for everyone. No one is to be exclusive and say it's for this denomination. But that doesn't mean now that Jesus died for everyone Be and then just because you say, I believe in Jesus, then you are saved. No, God is calling the stranger into his fold, not saying you should remain where you are. And what does it mean to be in his fold? It means to be among those people who in the book of Revelation 14 verse 12 are described as the saints. They are not mentioned by the name of any denomination, but they are described by their character. They are described as those that keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. You see, this is the intention of God for all the world to be gathered unto him. As is written in Isaiah 56 verse 8, The Lord God which gathereth the outcasts of Israel saith, Yet will I gather others to him beside those that are gathered unto him. In the book of John 10, Jesus said he had other sheep in other fold and he will gather them all to be in one fold what is it that unites god's people it is his law it is having one principle one practice by which they live that is what makes them god's people we cannot say oh we are all god's people yet we are practicing different things following different principles ordinances commandments laws it is the law it is the principle that we follow, that unite us as God's people. But what law? The law of your nation? No, the law of God. It is the law we follow that shows our citizenship. And it is God's law that separates us from the rest of the world. That is what shows us that we are part of God's people. And the Lord wants us to understand that we must give this message to the world. Abraham was called Israel was called to be a light to the world, not for themselves alone, but to show forth the praises of God to the rest of the world. And that is what we as Christians are called to do, to give the truth to others by living it out in our lives and also by teaching it in words to the people. And a combination of the two, the practice and the precept, will win the hearts of the true children of God who are in other folds. This is our work. This is our duty. But what are the implications of this? Can you be a child of God and have national barriers? Can you continue to say, I am of this nation and I am of that nation, when you are following the law of God and are of his own kingdom? When you continue to fire, bring up the flame of nationality, you bring a barrier between yourself and the rest of the world. I do not necessarily have to hold on to my nationality above the laws of God. Anybody anywhere in this world, whatever the geographic, geographical location, whether in the continent of Africa, in North America, South America, Asia, 
Europe, Australia. It doesn't matter. What unites us together is a common belief and having a common practice stemming out from the Word of God. Now, if I hold on to my nationality and I'm a secessionist, say, you know, cut off this nation and I want to be a part of this nation, what is going to happen with brother and the other nation? If we are all nationalists, we will eventually end up fighting ourselves. But if we unite as one in Christ, we cannot continue to involve ourselves in nationalism and in politics where we pit ourselves one against another. We cannot be united in that manner. We will bring about division. How many churches today have not been divided by stoking this flame of tribalism, ethnicity, and nationalism? If you are truly a child of God, you will not stoke the flame of nationality, tribalism, ethnicity, and political parties. Because what unites you with me is the law of God. But when I bring my nationality or my ethnicity or my tribe or my political, so-called political party up and start to push it forward, I will bring about division between myself and you. And how can I be of Christ and do that when I'm bringing up something that will cause division between myself and you? Christ is for everyone else. And once we are holding on to him, we cannot hold on to anything else because it shows that we are not with Christ. We are not to feel entitled because of our race, because of our nationality, ethnicity, tribe, or whatever group we belong to. Because when we say group now, it could be political parties or all these other groups like Bilderberg Group, Rotary Club, and all those secret societies. For everyone else, that's what we are looking at. And the Lord wants us to understand that He has separated us to be a light to the rest of the world, not to be exclusive, but to give the light of truth to everyone. And let us not deceive ourselves that we are saved by our nationality or by our denomination. In the book of Isaiah, God made this known to the people, like we have read in Isaiah chapter 56. The stranger is not to say, oh, I'm not a Jew, therefore the law of God doesn't apply to me. No, as the salvation of God comes nearer to us, we are to understand that every one of us are to live by that law. This is the crux of this message. If Christ is for everyone else, then the law is for everyone else. The commandment of God is for everyone else. Some people want to excuse themselves and say, oh, I'm not supposed to keep the Sabbath. It is only for the Jews. But is that true? The word of God says that when the stranger comes to him, that they also are to function by that one law that the Israelites function by. Exodus 12 verse 49 says, One law shall be to him that is homeborn and unto the stranger that sojourneth among you. Ah, This is what the Lord wants for us. Numbers 15 verse 16, One law and one manner shall be for you and for the stranger that sojourneth with you. And verse 29, he says, You shall have one law. For him that sinneth through ignorance, but for him that is born among the children of Israel, and for the stranger that sojourneth among them. That is what God wants, one law. There's nothing like, oh, I'm not a Jew, therefore my law is different from that which the Lord wrote in the word of God. No, it is one law for everyone, just as Christ is for everyone else. 
the stranger is not to separate himself and say it is not for me no it is for everyone else isaiah chapter 62 reading from verse 1 says for zion's sake will i not hold my peace and for jerusalem's sake i will not rest until the righteousness thereof go forth as brightness and the salvation thereof as a lamp that burneth what is going to be the result of this verse 2 and the gentiles shall see thy righteousness and all kings thy glory and thou shalt be called by a new name which the mouth of the lord shall name thou shalt also be a crown of glory in the hand of the lord and a royal diadem in the hand of thy god thou shalt no more be termed forsaken neither shall thy land any more be termed desolate but thou shalt be called hephzibah and thy land beulah for the lord delighted in thee and thy land shall be married for as a young man married a virgin so shall thy sons marry thee and as the bridegroom rejoiced over her bride so shall thy god rejoice over thee i have set watchmen upon thy walls o jerusalem which shall never hold their peace day nor night ye that make mention of the lord keep not silence and give him no rest till he establish until he make jerusalem a praise in the earth let me stop here what does it mean for jerusalem to be a praise in the earth from the beginning of this reading it says for the brightness of jerusalem to go around the world so that the gentiles shall see the righteousness this is our work we are to be what god called abraham to be to be a blessing to the rest of the world for everyone else we are not to hide our religion, but we are to allow the light of the truth of God to shine forth through us to the rest of the world that the Gentiles, the, what does this gender mean? That means those who do not know God, that they might know him. May the Lord give us the grace to perform this work is my prayer. Let us pray. Dear Lord in heaven, thank you Lord for your words which you have spoken to us today. We pray Lord that you will help us to be truly your children and to be instruments by which the salvation of the Lord shall go to the rest of the world and everyone else shall be a partaker of it. Do this, O Lord, and take the glory. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. For Zion's sake, I will not hold my peace. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest. Until the righteousness goes forth as brightness and her salvation as a lamp that burns. The Gentiles shall see your righteousness and all kings your glory. You shall Shall your land anymore be turned?
desolate, but you shall be called Hepzibah, and your land will love for the Yeah.